Since I got out of graduate school and because of my own struggles processing my childhood and my family of origin, a big thing I want for you to get out of this class is a picture of who God is. And that might seem like a weird application to a parenting series, but not really. In parenting, we are reflecting God's character to our children whether we want to or not. We, as a tangible example of earthly parents, are laying a framework linked to what our children will think of their Heavenly Father. It's why repentance and forgiveness need to be a big part of how we parent, because we will mess up. We can apologize to our children saying, this is not the type of parent God wanted me to be. I'm sorry I yelled. I'm sorry I got frustrated. I'm sorry I treated you that way, because God doesn't do that to us. We have the opportunity, both in our successes and our failures as parents, to set up our children to think differently about God and to think about God well. The challenge of doing any course or class like this is to use a framework and then think, well, if I can just do that, then I'll be a good parent. But my intention is to create a church of people dependent on Christ, not on a particular method. In this course, we want you to realize two things. One, how I've already expressed who God is. He is the only one of us who is unchanging because he is perfect. Learning more about him is never a wasted effort. Let's look together at Psalm 127. This short psalm is only five verses, and in hearing it, it might sound like two different topics that are just kind of put together between verses 1 and 2 and then 3 to 5, but I don't think that's the case. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. For he gives to his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. The first section describes really how I don't want my house to be. But the second section helps us to see what it can look like when we view our children as a gift. If we are trusting in our relationship with the Lord, our homes are marked with peace, joy, and appreciation for who God is, even when our lives are chaos. Peace and joy are not circumstantial. My house can be crazy with running children and too much noise, but I should still be able to find peace. Every family is different. Every parent is wired different. Even every child in the same genetic family is different. I have two children, and they constantly are challenging my idea of genetics, I look at them on a regular basis and think, how are you so different? We are not trying to fit into a mold, but we are trying to distinctly image God, who he made us. As we overviewed last week, the first couple weeks, we're going to focus on a parenting framework. So this week, we're going to focus on two first areas of development. Stage one of this framework is called coming under authority. And we looked at, but we're going to continue to look at some verses in Ephesians chapter six, verse one through four. And it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. 
honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a process, promise that it should go well with you and that you'll live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. There are two actions described in this verse. Children, obey. And parents, do not exasperate your children. But what? Train them in the Lord. Children, don't just obey. Obey in the Lord. The emphasis on the Lord is because he needs to be the central figure of this story. Otherwise, in this stage, parenting can come only about discipline and law, and we will lose sight of our loving God. Yes, there will be a lot of correction, a lot of humbling of our children and of ourselves, but that doesn't mean that it needs to be marked with shame and exasperation. I've spent a lot of hours repenting of the ways I've done this wrong and will likely continue to do this wrong. The point is not to be better. The point is to be needy, relying on the Lord doing these things with his help. If we limit the freedoms of our children early, we can help them understand what self-mastery is, which is just a fancy word for self-control, and coming under authority. Again, a fancy word for obedience. I'm not going to focus on discipline this week. We have a whole week scheduled for that, but I do want to consider what this looks like biblically. I'm going to ask you to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 8, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 5. A little backstory on these verses, God's people have been in the wilderness for 40 years, and Moses is reminding them why God took them into the wilderness in the first place. God's people had just come out of slavery in Egypt. They got all the way to the edge of the promised land, and they sent spies into the land. The spies saw all the good things, but they also saw people that they described as giants that made them look like ants. So they disobeyed the Lord. They decided not to follow Moses any longer. So God had to take away their freedoms, taking them into the wilderness. And these verses show us why. Deuteronomy reads, The whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. You shall remember the whole way that your Lord has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live on bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wither or wear out on you, and your foot did not swell these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, The Lord your God disciplines you. So what is the why? God humbled them to teach them to rely on him. This week, this story kept coming up over and over. It's just one of those God things. God called Israel to trust him, to rely on him, to enter the land and know what he had promised. But they rejected him. They said, we will not trust you. And isn't that what our kids do all the time? Isn't that what we do all the time? This stage of our children's life needs to happen early. As soon as your child is able to look at you and hit the wall to get your attention and then stick their little finger in the light socket, they know what they're doing. They are looking at you like Israel looked at God and saying, I know better. They want to obey themselves, not you. 
Isn't this the purest form of sin? Looking at God and knowing better? Isn't that what Adam and Eve did? The beginning of our child sanctification is to help our children understand they are not as perfect as their sin would tell them they are. Only then can we help them understand grace. Only then can we help them understand their need for God. Four practical things I want you to think about. One, tell the stories of scripture to your children. Make sure that you are laying a foundation of understanding for God's word by knowing his stories. This doesn't start when our kids are school age. Their brains are made to absorb language from infancy. The more they hear and see the things of God, the more they will build on that foundation. Second, we need to train proactively, not live reactively. If every moment of training happens in discipline or in correction, our children are not going to be learning a lot. When your brain is stressed, it is not learning. They may know what they have done wrong, but that's not the best learning moment. So help our kids by thinking proactively. Set up the expectations as you drive somewhere. Tell them what you expect of them when you go places. Teach your kids about reality. This is who God is. This is who we are. This is how the world works. This is how we act in this world. Third, have expectations for your children and have consequences when those expectations are unmet. Sit down with your spouse when you see behaviors arising and being consistent and get on the same page. Come up with consequences that are well thought through and intentional. The course that I studied to prepare for this um, talked about a concept of talionic justice. In other words, justice with irony. And the example that he gave is in his home, his four-year-old was expected each week before he would take the trash out as the dad to go upstairs and bring the trash can down from his own room. Now, one Sunday when he told his son to go get his trash, his son looked up at him and as four-year-olds can do, said, oh, daddy, but I'm so tired. So <laughs> instead of just having him go get his trash, he took him to the stairs. He set an older sibling up and asked them to run 20 laps up and down the stairs and then to go get his trash. It's not funny to laugh at consequences for our kids, but it is important for them to understand that things could be much worse, but things should be done in an appropriate way, in an appropriate timing. Fourth and lastly, we want to value others. Apart from teaching them how to love God, an important part of this stage is teaching them how to love their neighbors as themselves. So let's think about two practical situations that this will arise in. First, sharing. We teach them simple things like sharing because the other person has value. And I need to learn a sense of humility to lay down what I want in order to let someone else have a turn. Secondly, interrupting. If someone else is talking, I don't interrupt. And obviously at this age, this mainly happens when they interrupt another adult that's talking to us. We need to show them but that what the other person is saying matters and is not more valuable than what you want to say in this moment. All right, we're going to move on to the second stage of d this developmental framework, and it's called developing responsibility. 
The weight of responsibility can bring about real growth and change for our children. And this gets them ready for independence. Precursor skills that demonstrate readiness for responsibility are some basic things like first understanding um, basic cause and effect. So they demonstrate and they anticipate your household expectations and the consequences that come when they disobey. Secondly, they're potty trained. This means that they are showing a level of mastery or responsibility over themselves in this very first stage of independence. If authority, the last stage, is about do this, responsibility is about handle this. Some of that happens with us, but some of that needs to be managed independently by our kids. We need to have children that have a gospel confidence. That just means that they are assured of who God made them to be and for what gifts and talents they are created so that they can carry out God's purpose for their lives. To talk about this, let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 32 through 37. This is actually laid in the story of David slaying Goliath. Let's see what this stage is all about while you turn there in God's word. God's people are on one hill, the Philistines are on the other hill, and Goliath comes out daily and taunts them. He yells at them and challenges them to send out their best soldier. He doesn't want to battle with the armies. He wants to settle this one-on-one. David, at his dad's request, at Jesse's request, has come to the battle lines to bring food and just make sure that his brothers are okay. And he's probably around 15-year-old at this point. This following verses are the conversation that David has with King Saul when he hears that the Philistine has been doing this. And it says, And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go out and fight this Philistine. And Saul said to David, You're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he's been a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear that took a lamb from the flock, I went after him, and I struck him down and delivered it out of his mouth. If he arose against me, I would catch him by the beard and strike him and kill him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. David, a boy of 15, is comforting the king of Israel. God has prepared me. He taught me and he protected me against lions and bears, and he will do it again. Two things to note in this story. One is David's confidence, but where his confidence is. His confidence is in the Lord and who God made him to be and the experiences that he has given them. Secondly, David knows the scriptures. Someone taught him about the Philistines, about the promises that God had made to his people, And his confidence is founded in who God is and an understanding of God's purpose in the world. Our children need to see us modeling this humility as we carry out what God has given us to do because we know who we belong to and who is on our side. They need to see us honoring God, praying and asking for help, and searching his word. If pre-kid, a lot of this searching happened during 
what we would call quiet times and not in community with others, this is an opportunity to start now. Allowing others to speak in and be a part of your faith. This type of humility leads to authentic confidence, not in yourself, but in God. Genuine humility sets the stage for spiritual growth and maturity. A lack of this type of humility may make us seem confident, but it's really masked arrogance and self-reliance that often will result in insecurity. (laughs) Goliath is a perfect example. He has had no knowledge or reliance on who God is or who God's people are. And thus, he is defeated. A couple practical things, and then that's all we're going to do for today, (laughs) which has been a lot. Um, First, it's good for our children to have chores and not just things that they do for money. Things that they are doing because they are a part of our family. We as parents need to realize that this does mean that things will get messed up. Things will get broken. Laundry will get ruined. Dishes will be broken. Helping our kids to own responsibility and to carry some weight will help them to build actual strength and confidence in who God is and who God made them. When we don't allow our kids to carry weight, they think that they have strength when actually they've never actually carried weight. It's a myth of strength. Secondly, Kids can do certain things that they do get money for and that they're expected to pay for things with. In our home, over the summer, we decided we're not having new toys. It's not your birthday. It's not Christmas. But you can earn money in order to buy yourself what you desire. Money only goes so far. So for them, feeling the sting of having to spend that money that they spent a good amount of time gathering and saving is a good thing to learn. And lastly, we need to teach them that their school is their job. It's a big job. It's a big responsibility. It's something that you're going to have to work at. And not necessarily even for money, but for the benefit of knowledge. This attitude can come alongside active faith as we are being discipled by God's word. Because reading God's word and studying God's word are two very different things. And there is godly benefit to studying God's word and being a student of God's word. 